0: Hello and welcome to the 8th episode of the Our Title Was Taken podcast where today we will be talking about an architectural topic. This discussion will be led by Kushul, who wants to become an architect in the future. And as such, we have chosen a heavily architectural topic to discuss today. We will be talking about how do the tallest buildings in the world stand up. Over to you, Zane.
1: Right, so today we're going to be talking about uh we're going to we're going to use three examples of buildings the tallest building in the world the burj khalifa uh the taipei 101 and the shanghai tower so before we dive in what could happen if a building isn't built properly so we have an example here the former gulf and western building in new york city and for tall buildings like like skyscrapers and you know the burj khalifa taipei 101 shanghai tower Wind is quite a significant factor. It's, some, it's, a, uh, it's something that needs to be factored in to the design of the building. And presumably, this building wasn't designed to withstand such pressure. So, as a result, $10 million was invested to fix this issue. So, I won't keep you any longer, Kushal. We'll dive right in now. So, we'll start off with our discussion. We'll start off our discussion with the Burj Khalifa. Kushal, you want to
2: take the reel? Okay, so when you're building this high up, when you're going, like, I'd say, like, plus 400, plus 500 metres high, and you're basically piercing the clouds, the, the wind is your main enemy because if you're building that high, there's a lot of vortices that can form and just whirlpools of air. And with all of that, There can be a lot of swaying with the actual building which can cause structural damage or in extremely bad scenarios even cause buildings to collapse. So for the Burj Khalifa to combat this, it has multiple different heights or like each sort of uh, part of the Burj Khalifa is at multiple heights. So it's as if it's basically like multiple buildings all stacked on top of each other and going outwards and it tapers into the middle and because of that a lot of the wind and a lot of the vortices are basically reduced and cancelled out so that means that it doesn't really sway as much i mean that's pretty cool like i was
0: just thinking right um with the borj khalifa for example how does one come up with the idea of like how to make it not sway how to keep it still and make it stable
2: so i feel like a lot of this has to now relate to physics with forces Because, of course, it's like it's the general with gravity and the wind and the forces are acting on it because with with these vortices, it it creates areas of low pressure. And that's what actually causes the building to sway side to side. So I feel like um, uh, when it comes to designing these like massive, like super tall buildings, it's um, personally, I think it's sort of a combination of architects but also like structural engineers making sure the building is actually safe and will withstand it so like um as an example i can't remember exactly which building it was from these three but i remember they put it like a replica of it into a wind tunnel to test if it actually would be would work um and actually i I think it was taipei 101 because i remember this and they tested to see how what, how well it would work um, against this extremely strong winds and what they found out is due to the particular building and due to the particular design at that point that it would be still relatively dangerous so they had to readjust the actual design to take into account the extra wind i mean Kushler, I just want...
1: yeah no go on, sorry, to go on. To, i just wanted to ask quickly i wasn't sure um what you meant here you said that the wind uh the impact of the wind on a tall building
2: can create v- vortices and whirlpools yes yeah, so so when you're building that high um the air when it passes through when it passes against the building goes around it uh like basically whirlpools of air form around the building and when you're at relatively low altitudes these don't really matter that much because they generally cancel each other out but at high altitudes those are like whirlpools of air and the and the air basically swishing around the whole building that can cause areas of low pressure which still which would
0: cause the building to sway and rock side to side Okay, I would just interrupt here. I'd just like to interrupt. Mm. Can we not go into physics of it, please? Because I know you guys are amazing at physics, but I did not take physics. So when you guys talk like this, I don't understand the word. And I just feel so, okay, so okay, stupid. Okay, so, okay. so let's keep it moving. I will try not to. I
2: will try not to. But um, like, just, yeah, yeah, let's like, keep it, it moving. to it. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, just adding on to what I said, even though the Burj Khalifa does have all of those designs, it's still at the peak and at the highest point of it still sways like two metres side to side. It's just at that point, it's not really dangerous to anyone.
1: So are they doing something to perfect that? Uh, I get that it's not really dangerous, but are they trying to do something to reduce the swaying even today or are they just... Sort of so it.
2: I'm not too sure. Like when I was when I was researching this, I didn't really see much about them like going into further development, to try and prevent this because, uh, because um, what I thought was that when it's that high up and it's literally it's like basically like a small section of it, and it's not really gonna endanger
0: it like anyone. I think. Wait, how long? How tall is the bush cliff? It's I, um, I. I believe. I, I it's feel like, like it's 820 eight hundred twenty something. I,
2: yeah yeah i can check what i can check right now uh
0: yeah okay so So, for anyone who hasn't taken physics at a level and you know uh is is incapable of understanding forces like me i'd just like to say that i kind of understand what kushal's on about so um despite the use of amazing vocabulary by kushal stuff that i really don't get i know that um obviously with strong wind especially when you have a tall tower which is relatively thin obviously like it's a building so it wouldn't be thin but anything that's a tall tower um it, it obviously it would be more subject to forces rather than having a strong foundation which is really really wide which would make it less subject to huge forces and like wind or or you know strong winds especially with sandstorms in an area that's susceptible to sandstorm i believe uh it's it's susceptible to sandstorm am i sandstorms am i right well, it's... Uh, I feel like it is going to be quite I windy yeah. when you get that high. All right, yeah.
2: So, like... Th- th- it's it, going to be don't know, like, how much so it would I don't think okay. there's
0: as many right. sandstorms. Yeah, like, I, I don't right. know how much it would affect it. It, it but, is quite like, dangerous, yeah. basically. It can get quite dangerous. Yeah, Sedan's referring to,
1: uh, basically, a tall building like the Burj Khalifa is relatively thin. Compared to how tall it is, it's safe to say that it's relatively thin. So, it's basically got a higher centre of gravity. What well, that basically means is that it requires less force to topple that building than a smaller building. Yeah,
2: so like that's why you see a lot of built That's why you don't see many buildings that are just straight uh rectangular blocks going into the sky. Because at that height there's much it's much easier for the building to topple over basically. So Kushal how did you say the
1: uh the Burj Khalifa was built again? So how did you say it was structured? So it basically
2: built? tapers off into this one uh main spire going up um and it's the way i describe it is 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 as if it's lots of like separate sort of um oval buildings that are like sort of superimposed onto each other so like imagine one building and then it's like another building's kind of like attached to it and this like carries on and carries on and, and it slowly tapers off into just one single spire
1: oh so you mean they kind of join together sort of yes yeah, sort
2: of is that what you mean like, it, it's a bit hard to, to describe unless you have a photo of it. So I do suggest if you are if you are listening to this uh, to look up a picture afterwards because I feel like that would uh, make it easier to understand.
0: What you're hearing right now is actually Kushal's cat, um, which, uh, although, you know, she's brilliant. Give me oh. one second. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I mean, while Kushal is temporarily unavailable, um, let's just talk about the... I mean, Zane, what do you think? Obviously, we're not architects and Z- uh, Kushal knows a lot more about this, but how do you think like, these type of huge buildings get commissioned and ha- constructed? Because that must take ages and huge amounts of planning. Yeah, I mean,
1: I-, I don't really have a lot to say on it. I don't actually know mm-hmm. much about this. I guess my answer would just be they get a load of cranes and they just put
0: stuff right. on top I mean, of each other. Sid. Kushal, what about like... okay? You're back with us now, I see. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you think, like, these huge buildings get commissioned? Especially, like, the Burj Khalifa. That must take so much time and so much uh, construction work.
2: Well, I feel like it's mainly just the architects wanting to go, like, as high as possible. Like, build as high as possible. Make the tallest buildings possible. And then it's just them basically hoping that whatever whatever country they're in, what that government actually allows it. Right. And lets
0: them go on with it. Right. I mean, you know how construction workers party, right? They raise the roof. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when was it built, actually? Oh, actually. yes. this. Is- I believe it opened in 2010. It opened in 2010. Do you know when it was, like, yeah. begun to be planning?
2: Honestly, I'm not too sure. Because, like, when I was looking into this, I didn't exactly look into the history of the building.
1: Right. But, yeah. We're a little bit short on time, so I think we should move on to the next yeah. example we've yeah,
2: okay. got.
1: Taipei 101. So Kush, you want to...? Okay. Uh, yeah,
2: okay. So um, Taiwan is subjected to a lot of powerful typhoons and earthquakes. So having an insanely tall building like Taipei 101, which I believe is in the top 10 tallest buildings in the world, it it's going to take a lot of effort to make sure it's safe and won't topple over. So, one of the main things it did, which I feel like it makes it renowned all over the world, is this, is this massive tuned mass damper, which basically acts as a pendulum inside the building. So, what happens is, due to the extremely high winds of, of I believe it can be 100 plus miles an hour, the actual pe- pendulum inside the I believe it's like 80 plus floors. Um, It's located there, and that actually sways and takes the motion, and that basically takes the uh, brunt of the motion. So instead of the building swaying from side to side, it's the actual pendulum uh, swinging side to side instead.
1: They do that in a lot of buildings, don't they? Like around, I think Japan they did it as well, around more earthquake prone areas as well Uh, i'm
2: not exactly too sure i do know in japan that the actual foundations they take into account earthquakes but i don't like how many like pendulums there are although what i do know is that i i can't remember the exact building but there's one example in america so yeah and then it actually has worked on multiple occasions because I was researching this and it was only last year the actual pendulum or the, the damper moved roughly 15 centimetres due to a magnitude 6 earthquake northeast of uh, Taipei 101. So, like, it does work and so it com- has and it has been seen in action as well. Oh, nice. So, compared to the Burj Khalifa, how
1: significant, do you say, are the uh, th- the things put in place to reduce... Oh yes, swinging, great swinging, technical vocabulary
0: being used here. <laughs> Absolutely commendable. Um, personally
2: I prefer the um, the design of this building, so I feel like the the location that it's in is much more prone to those uh dangerous weather events, so as I said, typhoons and earthquakes. So personally I feel like I prefer this building in terms of the actual engineering because that massive it's, like, a 660-tonne uh, metal ball just at the top of it. And, and it's, like, an actual tourist attraction. It's just seeing it work in action. I mean, I've seen the pictures. Like yeah. it's much better. Yeah, because, yeah, like, um, if you just go on Google and look up Taipei 101 uh, tuned mass damper, it will come up with loads of photos of it. And it's, like, yep. it's this massive, like, spherical object which is... Um, which is supported by I think it's like eight or nine uh, beams, and just and just seeing it like sometimes sway from side to side. It look personally I I think the actual like a uh, structural engineer and getting the actual design of it I prefer, because in addition to the the tuned mass damper, they actually cornered uh, they actually sort of, uh, softened the edges. So you know how with the building have you guys seen what the actual building looks like.
0: Uh I mean we saw a few images when like researching, Fate. but nothing in depth
2: okay, so you know how it is kind of goes like outwards then inwards outwards then inwards mm. do you guys know and I, so yeah. it's, it's sort of as if it's yeah okay so um like the corners they used to be completely um completely sharp, just like a normal square, and as I said before when th- when it was in the wind tunnel uh the actual it was deemed like basically too dangerous so what they also did in addition to the tuned mass damper was basically soften the edges right to make it to take into account
0: i mean so i, f- I feel like it shows more I have a question right for the for the tuned mass damper yeah. for example, how do you find out that it's six hundred t- tons or however many tons it is like what's the margin of error there how how does one work out that that's exactly what you need and are there different solutions for how to counteract the swaying i imagine that a, a, yeah. a, a really 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 heavy ball is not the only solution but i think it's it's pretty cool that it's become a tourist attraction as well yeah so
2: the actual uh damper is made according to the building so the shape of it the weight of right. it the size of it all of that depends on the building and you can actually get different types so Another example would be like a slosh tank, which is basically this massive tank filled of water, and basically the water moves right. as the building sways to stop it, acting like a acting like a pendulum. yeah, and, yeah but it's just instead well. of a massive like metal sphere it's it's water right and then like that, that's not the only thing to combat swaying so I can't remember the exact name, but it's i think it's the shanghai it's one it's a building in Shanghai. And it's the one with the hole in, in the middle of it. I believe it's the World Financial Centre. Right. But it's like, that That also reduces swing because it's just a cutout for wind to go straight into. Right. Instead of affecting the building. Uh,
1: I'm going to move on to the next... Ex- I'm going to move us on to the next example, because we're running quite short on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Shanghai Tower. Uh
2: so, Kushi, you want to tell us more about the Shanghai Tower? Yeah. Okay. So, this is actually one of the tallest buildings in the world. I I believe it's second, and it's it's insane to look at because it basically twists. It, like, the actual whole building basically just twists around, going up and up. And the reason for that is that means it guides all of the air through the actual building and uh, out out of it.
1: So kind of like, uh, I can't remember what it's called, an Archimedes screw Yeah, it, so it's, it's
2: yeah. Um, like a general term for those kind of buildings are like corkscrew buildings. Mm. So you, you see that kind of similar design on like a lot of uh, factory chimneys. So is that the only thing that they
1: use to try and reduce the effect of wind? I, or is there more I believe that's like they, the
2: main thing which they did. But it's, as well as that uh, reducing the, the air load or the wind load it actually saves a lot of money because I was researching this and it actually reduced wind load by 24% and saved developers roughly $58 million. Right. So it, it works so, a lot. Or oh, it works very well. So why don't other buildings... So why don't
1: other buildings use this? Like... Why don't other people so, use this kind of technology? Like
2: these kind of corkscrew buildings have only like emerged recently, and the reason for that was just because that we didn't have the technology to do it before. So beforehand, because like th- this is a relatively sh- like new idea, because just the software to basically figure out if that if this actually works, which wasn't available. When was the Shanghai Tower
1: actually built and designed?
2: Uh. Okay, so I'm looking up right now, and apparently construction started in 2006, and it took eight years to complete, so it opened in 2014. Okay, Okay, yeah, fairly recent then. Uh,
1: So we're running quite short on time now, so I'm just going to ask, finally, which which building do you guys find to be your favourite out
0: of these three, just as a final point?
2: Uh, doing fast? yeah,
0: okay, so I would definitely say Taipei 101 100 percent um obviously Burj Khalifa is the tallest, and I searched it, so it's eight hundred and twenty eight sorry four hundred and twenty eight meters wait am I right eight hundred and twenty eight meters no, it, it is
2: it's 800, yeah I was thinking
0: yeah because I've heard it's uh, almost a kilometer so it obviously yeah. it is the tallest eight hundred twenty meter eight meters, and I think the little spindle at the top goes up to eight hundred and thirty if I'm not mistaken um but you know, yes it's the tallest, but I think typo one oh one, the sheer engineering feat of getting you know, the of using a over six hundred was it six hundred tons? Yes, I believe a six hundred and sixty ton. Right, so over six hundred ton basically a ball which uh you know, it's sorry, it's it's called a dampener, right? A damper, yeah, it's yeah. a damper. So the the engineering feat and the architectural feat of using something like that to stop the forces acting on the building on either side, especially due to the relative thinness of the building to its its height, right, its its sheer height, because it is one of the tallest buildings in the world, right. That is so amazing, and I find that so impressive and outstanding and i know i don't understand physics and i made a joke about that earlier but i think it's very even if i don't understand it it's it's clear that i can appreciate the fact that you know everyone can appreciate the fact that that is such an amazing architectural feat it's just i find it really really cool that you can use something which in and of itself has become a tourist attraction because of how cool it is to make a whole building stand up and that is so integral i've seen pictures of it the ball itself looks awesome right it's suspended by wires and it looks so cool because it's holding up the entire building and preventing it from you know falling sideways that for me is definitely why taipei 101 is um is my favorite and obviously shanghai 101 is sorry shanghai the shanghai tower is also really cool um, but I, I I feel like the architectural feat used in Taipei One Hundred and One, for me at least, is much more impressive.
2: Yeah, well, uh, same for me as well.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I agree with the with the fact that Taipei One Hundred and One. I mean, it's a it's in a place which has earthquakes and typhoons, which is obviously an outstanding feat to still be one of the tallest buildings in the world, to be that aesthetically pleasing, uh, and and obviously to uh, sorry that's my train of thought um just for it to be that tall and yeah.
2: withstand everything that's gone through you and the actual engineering behind yeah. it yeah
1: um but the shanghai tower i mean the corkscrew shape interests me actually i think it looks quite good yeah i shanghai mean yeah, yeah to I be lo- fair shanghai's skyline is, board, is pretty nice.
0: awesome yeah 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 cool Christian, what about yours? Our resident architect aspirant. What about yours? What's your well, favourite?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to keep this quite short because I kind of mentioned it beforehand. But for me, it's also Typo 101 because I, I actually just think the building looks really nice mm, as well. Right. And I was I was looking this up. Uh, I wasn't able to mention it that much, but it was actually... But like the way it was designed and the meaning of the building and like how it was built and the fact that it actually withstands all of these earthquakes and typhoons, I think it. I think it just amazes me, yeah, like, the way it works and the actual design of it. So yeah. Are
0: you allowed to have a favorite?
2: Well, out of out of these three, I I, I think it's my favorite, but I don't know if it's. But like, I feel like that's because I just like the look of the building mm-hmm. more than anything else.
0: Right. Okay. I was gonna say a really cheesy architect pun again after that, but I'm gonna stop myself. Um, you know, let's let's end it. I already had uh I I think I already crossed the limits when I said when I had my um raise the roof joke earlier on. Um okay, right. (laughs) let's carry on. Yeah. So thank you very much for tuning in for today's episode where we talked about, well, Kushal led us through uh, three main buildings, Taipei 101, the Shanghai Tower and the Burj Khalifa, three of the most famous buildings in the entire planet for not only their sheer size, but architectural ingenuity, which allows them to stand. And, you know, how do these giants manage to stay upright? And I, th- I think that's really cool. So thank you very much for Kushal for le- leading the discussion. As always, we hope you guys learned something and enjoyed learning about these huge buildings. Obviously, it's it's quite an interesting topic because you normally take buildings at face value um, just for how cool they look. But there's so much going on behind the scenes and such precise mathematics and physics going in behind the architectural field that it's completely astounding and very, very impressive. As always, if you guys want to talk about anything or, you know, just want to keep updated follow us at otwt podcast where we uh update our information and cool new updates and igtv videos about behind the scenes blooper reels and upcoming episodes if you guys want to contact us send us a dm and yeah keep watching our pages on apple podcast spotify and all the other podcasting sites to uh to see if we upload any more thank you very much for listening and we'll see you for episode nine